0: And we're live here on Tried and True, the DC United post-game podcast, presented by Heineken, after an exciting, chaotic, fun week of the FIFA tournament. And uh, instead of having our our finalist join the show, he's actually on the show. Congratulations to uh, to Joshua Morgan for for winning the tournament. And uh, un- unfortunately, took a little bit of a bath in the in the championship game, if you will, against DC United. It's Kevin Paredes who's back on the show, Kevin. Uh, Welcome back, and thanks for playing a little FIFA with us.
1: Yeah, no problem. It was, it was fun. It was really fun.
2: Yeah, it was a it was a fun tournament. I I played a lot of good guys, a, a lot of good DC United fans along the way, and I, I know a bunch of people enjoyed it. I enjoyed it, and I, I I hope I represented them well. I think Kevin was just too much for us. <laughs> yeah, for those of you guys just joining us, it was
0: uh, a six to one on aggregate. Two-legged final. Uh, the the first game was was just two one, and uh, yeah, the second game, Kevin really poured it on. Hey, Kevin, w- what are your thoughts on uh, on Joshua's performance? And and once again, we we thank you for taking on our our champion over here.
1: Yeah, no problem. That was fun. Yeah, yeah, that first game was on a little shocking performance for myself. I thought um, I could have definitely put in a lot more, but he held up pretty well. He got a good goal with Ola um, in the start of the second half, so. From there, I was like, "Wow, this is this is gonna be a lot different than I expected it to be." So I was glad to get the next two, and then the the second leg was much different and much more happy with that, that <laughs> score than, than the first score. And
0: Joshua, from your perspective, you know we knew going in it was gonna be a tough a tough matchup against Kevin, but compared to some of the other teams you saw in the tournament, you know what was it like playing one to one a DC United zone?
2: You know, I I think he might have a little bit unfair advantage knowing all the players personally and getting to hang out. And the
3: excuses <laughs> he started.
2: talked about about Kamara's left foot, and you know, I've never seen Kamara take a take a left footed footed shot in practice. So no, I'm just joking. Uh, he said when it, when he starts scoring goals, he's going to keep scoring goals, and that's what he did. Uh, maybe I should have waited to to score that Kamara header in, in, until the very last <laughs> minute of the second game. <laughs> So, Kevin, we talked a little bit, you know,
0: during the show that, you know, Xbox is, is your move, but it, it sounds like, you know, in, in, in putting together this tournament, uh, PS4 seems to be more of the the favored system across the team. How, how does that work when you guys are together for things like training camp? I mean, what do you guys usually use when you're playing FIFA?
1: Yeah, it's like whoever brings their system, either if it's Xbox or PS4, like in our locker room, we have a PS4 and yeah, I'm getting more used to PS4. Uh, I'm not on it like usually. Like I'm on the Xbox, but yeah, it's pretty much whoever brings it. Like last training camp, it was uh, Griffin and Uli Sugura. They all brought uh, Griffin brought his Xbox and Uli brought his uh, his PS4. So um, it's kind of more fair to both uh, whoever plays for with the Xbox or PS4 because um, if you crush someone on an Xbox, if I crush someone on an Xbox, and then um, they say it's a different game on ps4 then we would just go over to uli's uh room and you know play from there
0: <laughs> so would would the team agree that you're not only the best on the xbox but but also on the ps4 you just bar none yeah
1: yeah <laughs> the only player i haven't played played against and i've what i've seen from his instagram that he's really good is uh sorga i, I haven't uh, played against sorga so and he's a ps4 guy so it's going to be a lot different i don't know if i'm actually the truly the best player on on the team but hey for right now yes i am
0: you know we, we had our own version of a, a, a quote-unquote preseason uh on the show here and uh michael black handed me a nintendo switch controller like i was supposed to fit that in my hand and try to play him in fifa and so i, <laughs> I, I don't know if you've played on the switch before but that is a totally different experience
1: <laughs> Not nah, have not played on the switch yet
0: but <laughs> well, you guys might have a chance uh here in, in the coming weeks to, to bring back a tournament. You know, there's a lot of rumors about MLS coming back and and, and restarting. Uh were you able to to do an individual workout uh, at at Segra this week?
1: Yeah. Yes. Yesterday we did our first uh coming back to training session yesterday and it was it's good to see some of the guys. And I saw I saw Donnie, I saw Ola and I saw Boo and I plus the coaches and it, for me it was was grateful because I haven't been back on the pitch since the last time we were uh, together as a group and just seeing those couple of players like really uh, in my day. And um, yeah, just, the work hasn't stopped and um, everyone, when I got there, was focused. Everyone had an end goal to just go hard in training no matter like what our uh, system is right now. And yeah, yesterday was a really fun and uh, really important day for all of us.
3: That's great that you were able to reconnect with your uh, teammates in person. How did it feel to be back on the field playing soccer? I know you all, you know, we talked to you. We've talked to a lot of your teammates. You all have had your uh, individual workouts that you've been getting in, but obviously it's very different to be on the ball, you know, playing with other people. What was that like?
1: Yeah, especially having, um, for me, being a young guy, having uh, older players and the coaches especially uh, have really much faith in me. Um, allows me to push even harder than usual Um, I have the coaches um, in my ear screaming at me to like push harder and when we're doing our runs like that so having them um, around doing the workouts and doing the runs and doing the possession and all that stuff it's a lot more effective for me uh, doing it with them than doing it by myself here at um, my house like I can see like different results maybe I get tired when I'm doing the results uh, doing the runs by myself and Um, doing in front of them and seeing everyone how hard they worked during this preseason. Oh, not preseason, this little 11 weeks of, uh, of off time. Um, You can show that it shows that everybody was um, really tuned in and really didn't take their focus out of our end goal, which is uh, to be the champions of the MLS.
4: Yeah. And that was kind of our next question here, you know, I don't need you to name any names or try to out any guys, but you know, was there a little bit of folks trying to shake off some rust when they got out there, or were people hitting the ground ready to get out there and really put the work in?
1: Yeah, everyone, everyone was tuned in as soon as they got there, out the cars, and as soon as we got through the the little uh, examination from our trainers, everyone was tuned in, everyone was locked in, everyone was ready. You can see how hungry all, all the the three other players i was training with was and how excited they were to be back and yeah i don't know about the other groups because i didn't see the other groups i was more the later time but in my group and what i've heard from the other groups were really tuned in uh locked in and um we're ready to go
2: yeah we we've been kind of starred for soccer here we we've had to, to pick up other leagues and we're so excited for you guys to come back but have you been watching any other? Uh, the soccer going on around the world I and mean, you know bundesliga is a pretty big pool for for at least us on the show and, and the locals in dc what have you been watching that that league
1: oh yeah for sure as soon as i heard the um bundesliga was coming up and i've seen the first games and stuff my sleep schedule and all that changed. i, I, I coordinated with the bundesliga time usually i, I like to sleep in but now nah, i was there 9 30 a.m for um, the first game were for dortmund and I've seen, I saw the Dortmund Bayern game. I saw the Wolfsburg game. So yeah, I was trying to, trying to see where they were at after all of this. Yeah, to see if, um, yeah, the game level would be different and all that, but yeah, it was really good to see. And I was really, I enjoyed it a lot.
2: Yeah. A, a few of us on the podcast picked like picked teams to follow along. I picked Shaka who have gone on a losing streak. So brutal. Maybe <laughs> <Yeah>. that was indicative <laughs> <absolutely> of <laughs> my FIFA porn, performance. Yeah. Uh, have you picked a team yourself,
0: Kevin, or did you have a Bundesliga team before uh, before the coronavirus?
1: Um, I didn't really have a team. I was, um, I like, I but I like watched Dortmund play. Um, all before I like um, players like uh, Thorgan Hazard or or Sancho. Sadly, he wouldn't play the first game, but um, and seeing like new players like and young players like uh, Erlen Holland play. So yeah, it was it was it was nice to see Dortmund out there.
0: We're live here with DC United's Kevin Paredes here on Tried and True, the DC United postgame podcast presented by Heineken. And if you've got questions for Kevin, uh, go ahead and send those in to us on the uh, YouTube live or using the hashtag Tried and True DCU. And Kevin, as we transition a bit uh, back to what's potentially going to happen with MLS, it sounds like you guys might potentially get to see Audi Field again uh, in, the, in the coming days and, and potentially some small group workouts. How exciting must that be to like finally get back into the building and and uh, you know maybe even be allowed to work out with a few of your teammates?
1: Yeah, it's for me, it's it's huge. You know, I I get to train with one of the most talented guys I ever trained with ever, and most hardworking people that um, so far in my career have really pushed me, had the most motivation in me. Um, yeah, all these players are. Are a really big help to me, but not um, also to the whole team. And just to practice with them, getting back into the groups is—I'm um, really excited about that, and and I can't wait until it happens.
3: Yeah, we can't wait either to to see you all back at it. Um, and you know, along that thought, it sounds like um, the league is really pushing towards this um, this tournament in Disney. What do you think about that?
1: Well, I'm so excited for that Uh, getting down to nice Orlando playing those games and stuff I I know the whole team is um excited about it too uh I know that we're gonna do our best of ability to try to since we're the more of the last groups to get back to training I know these next couple weeks um we're gonna really be tuned in for it and we're just gonna get as much back of of our chemistry as we can and continue to work for Orlando I know it's gonna be a good trip
4: have you spent any time at Disney before?
1: I have. I definitely have. Uh, both of my older brothers uh, play tournaments down there with their club team. Uh, I played a little three v three tournament down there in in Disney. So I'm familiar with the uh, with the place. Really nice place. So excited for that. to See that again.
4: How does the three v How did the three v three tournament go?
1: Oh, for sure we won. For <laughs> sure. That's that trademark yeah, confidence I, we're used to hearing from
4: you. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> For sure won the 3v3 tournament.
2: Uh, We'd like to hear it. And, and maybe you'll bring that confidence with the Xbox down to Disney and uh, keep <laughs> beating up on your teammates.
1: <laughs> yeah, definitely.
2: Awesome, Kevin. Well, listen, you spent
0: uh, about the last hour with us, so we really appreciate the time and uh, playing in our, our, our FIFA tournament. We'll, we'll have to see if, uh, I don't know, if someone else – makes it out of potentially Disney World as the new DC United champion, you know, maybe we'll have to, to run it back, but I think uh, unquestionably right now, not only the best on the team, but the best in the fan base, so congratulations on the the, the big win tonight, Kevin.
1: Thank you, thank you, appreciate you guys.
0: Yeah, we appreciate you coming on. So we'll throw it to break. And when we come back, we'll talk more about uh, the other European leagues return to play here in the very near future. Finally, some good news about the Premier League. <laughs> and uh, MLS could be following right behind the corner uh, here on Tried and True, the DC United postgame podcast presented by Heineken. Tried and True, the DC United Post Game podcast presented by Heineken. We'll be back in less than two minutes.
2: Can't listen to us live on YouTube? Find Tried and True, the DC United post-game podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, YouTube, or Pocket Casts the morning after the match.
0: Tried and True, the DC United post-game podcast presented by Heineken. We'll be back in less than 90 seconds.
3: Hey, thanks for listening live. If you want to join the conversation, let us know what you think in real time using the chat on YouTube Live, on Twitter using the hashtag tried and true or text us at
0: 202-892-6328. Tried and True, the DC United post-game podcast presented by Heineken.
2: We'll be back in less than sixty seconds. Let us know what you think between games on Twitter at hashtag triedandtrueDCU or email us at triedandtrueDCU at gmail.com.
0: Tried and True, the DC United post game podcast presented by Heineken, will be back in less than 30 seconds.
3: Thanks for listening. If you like what you hear, go ahead and give us a follow on social media. You can find us on Instagram or Twitter at Tried and True DCU. Again, that's Instagram or Twitter at Tried and True DCU.
0: And we're back here on Tried and True, the DC United post game podcast presented by Heineken. And you know, longtime listeners of the show might notice that we didn't ask Kevin to give us uh, his jersey pitch, but that's because he's been on the show before. He's already made a brilliant pitch as to why we should buy his jersey. But yeah. I think,
3: as a reminder, he uh, he promised an MLS Cup. So. He did. <laughs> he
0: did. The, Set the bar very high for the rest of the, the rest of his teammates, but. We'd be remiss to not do a jersey segment tonight, so I think we'll have to throw it to our, uh, our, our FIFA tournament champion, Joshua. We'll put 30 seconds on the clock, and here's the deal. I'll keep it on it. I'm not buying a Morgan jersey, but <laughs> you can convince us which D.C. United jersey we should try to find online and buy.
2: What's your favorite D.C. United jersey of all time? Man, favorite of all time. I was going to do a a pitch for myself and say that if you brought your jersey up to me, I would definitely sign it. Um, (laughs) Very Russell Knauss of you. (laughs) I was just going to pick off each of the players. Man, my all-time favorite. uh, I'm a big Julian Russell guy, but I got to go with Taylor Kemp here. That's one of my my favorite players when I first started really getting into the team. His left foot should be bronzed and put in the (laughs) MLS Cup Hall of Fame. Is uh, there a specific years jersey or or which home away which which kit would we get? No disrespect to Adidas, but all those jerseys look the same to me. <laughs> uh, it's the black with the Volkswagen on the front. That's it.
0: Yeah, it's a solid choice. That I think. Is,
3: that, yeah, that's a solid shout.
0: Personally, my first DC United jersey had the uh, the Volkswagen sponsor with the red sleeves. It's a little bit too snug for your boy now, but, uh, <laughs> you know, that'll happen.
3: I'd love to hear it, though, Joshua. Did you have another pitch for why we should buy your jersey?
2: Uh, because I'm the greatest DC United fan, FIFA player ever, I think. <laughs> I'm just kidding.
0: <laughs>
4: <laughs>
3: I think. Well, we
4: have no evidence to the contrary. We're going to mute on Mike 5 here. <laughs> <laughs> Based on the results of this tournament, you know, th- it's undisputed. You know, Congratulations again for pulling out what was a a difficult win at some points uh it, it was
2: really fun all my games were really challenging and, and uh i i look forward to to maybe getting a rematch against kevin someone some someday down the, the line yeah I, I was definitely dogging you a bit there
0: in the final uh but i will say i watched most of your games and, and you didn't have a single easy game throughout i mean you a couple of them went to the replay and you, you had a tough road to the final and well deserved There, there's no doubt
4: and certainly the champion within the four people we have here on the podcast. So. Oh,
3: I think we—I don't think we needed the whole tournament to figure that out. <laughs> it's
4: just about one half of a game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: But shifting back to one of our other favorite topics on the show uh, during this, this time of coronavirus, I've been complaining for quite some time that they couldn't get their act together. But this is finally the week. The Premier League has announced that they're coming back. June 17th uh, will be two games, Manchester City versus Arsenal and Aston Villa versus Sheffield United. Those are the two games in hand uh, for those of you guys who follow the Premier League closely. Both were impacted by the Carbo Cup final. So those will take place on the 17th, and then we'll go live full fixtures from the 19th. And if you guys haven't seen the TV slots that have come out for this, um, it's going to be incredible. They're playing 10 games, of course, every weekend and some midweek fixtures as well. That's a Friday nighter, a Monday nighter, and then four games in quadruple headers, Saturdays and Sundays. I'll tell you guys, I, I, I haven't had something like quite
2: like this to look forward to in, in months, and I can't wait. It's almost as if John set up the time schedule for <laughs> these games. It's, it's his wonderland with his screens, and uh, man... I'm It's for the viewers. You don't have to worry about away fans getting off of work or even home fans getting off of work. You could literally just 24-7 put soccer on the TV, and I'd probably watch.
4: Well, And I know you've got tradition with how the time slots work out and when the games are played and other competitions to manage, but maybe this is a, a change moving forward that we'll see is getting more time slots used and really taking advantage of it. I mean, if they were letting people in the stands, I think... Several of us would seriously consider trying to go over it and make a full weekend out of it because being able to stack those games up like that is uh, pretty incredible. John would have already left.
2: At this point, I would yeah. buy an entire
0: row just to go to a game. It's 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 going to be amazing, and um, <laughs> I just I'm I'm giddy thinking about it. You know, it, so many good games are left, and look, you know, I, I get it. For, for our listeners that aren't avid Premier League followers, you look at the table, and, and Liverpool have pretty much already won this thing. I mean, that's that was decided in January. Um, but there's so much still to play for at the bottom. We talked about the teams in the relegation zone. There's so much more to play for for uh, European qualifications, Champions League, Europa League. It, it's going to be a blast. And it sounds like, Sam, the championship is, is going to start up just in a very similar time. Uh, which is great news for for Leeds uh, and, and West Brom, both being currently in the automatic promotion slots. Um, that's huge. You know, we we could potentially settle this thing on the pitch. They've been doing a great job with testing. It sounds like the latest numbers that just came in yesterday tested a ton of people again, zero positives in the Premier League. So that's beautiful. Uh, what they're doing seems to be working, and and there's hope that we can get this thing going again.
3: Yeah, I mean, I think I think across the whole world, everyone wants to see these. Um you know, all the seasons that have started finish out, um, you know, I know for leads specifically, there was a, a tweet out that, you know, kind of asked, are we okay with just ending the season right now? Or do we want to play out the last nine games and keeping in mind that Leeds is number one um, right now. And in, as John said, in that automatic promotion, you know, a vast majority of people voted to play out these last nine games. And that's, you know, that's saying something for a team that, Um, You know, I'm a new fan, but done a lot of research. This is a team with a rich history who's very excited to be um, back in the prem. But everyone just wants no one wants that asterisk, right? No one wants anyone to be able to say like, well, you know, the end of the season didn't happen. You know, we had this game and this game and this game. So you can say it for both leagues. Everyone's very excited, not just to watch the soccer, but for the spirit of competition to be back.
2: And so I defended Watford Captain denny last episode, and I, he came out this week and said that Liverpool's title would not be the same because of coronavirus, and it really kind of irks me because I, I completely agree with his, his points about player safety, but, man, you can't, cut, you can't discount Liverpool's dominance this season and, and what they were able to accomplish. That team is probably the best team in the world right now, and they fully deserve this title, and there's no asterisk for me on that one.
4: Yeah, and really, if you you know talk about trying to finish the seasons out and i'm glad that we're getting to that point uh you, there are going to be questions about some of the leagues who have said oh you know the psg you're you've already won it's over yes the games are going to be a little strange not having fans in the stands and it's going to be different but at the end of the day it's the players in the field that make the difference it's that's what people are watching uh virtually and you know from tvs at home but that's the games are happening yeah if the games happen and you know certain players can't adjust to whatever happens, it's it'd be the same as you were complaining about hey you know, 25% of my games had rain in them and I don't like playing in rain
3: I was I was just about to say the fact that these games are being played I think kind of removes that asterisk and I, literally exactly that I was about to say you know you could argue that this game was done in the rain and really you know not ideal situation and this game was done you know in the freezing cold and this game was done in the humidity and you need water breaks like not every game is played the exact same way and I think just playing the games is that meaningfulness that you need to finish out the season and to make a champion and, you know, to crown and to do all that. I think that absolutely makes sense.
0: Yeah, and it sounds like there's there's only one real point of contention r- remaining, and it's it's a small one, but the police force in the U.K. have come out and said, look, some of these major games where Liverpool could clinch their first Premier League title, obviously they've won the top flight a, a number of times, but their first top flight title in over 30 years Concerns about fans potentially congregating, you know, outside Anfield, outside the stadium, and and potentially some similar situations for relegation games. So it is likely that we will see some neutral site games. It sounds like Wembley is the leading candidate in London, um, but you know we've talked about it the last couple of weeks. At this point, most stadiums are essentially a neutral site without fans. Yeah, I, and
2: I understand the concerns. It, it hasn't been 30 years for D.C. United, thankfully, but it, if D.C. United won a championship and I was sitting on the couch, I, I don't think I would be able to contain my ac- excitement. I would want to go out, at least on my my porch, and, and, you know, wave the flag, you know, pat the crest and, and all that. So I, I understand their concerns, and I understand the fans that w- would want to celebrate that. Uh, but we we just have to be mindful of, you know, the our actions have consequences especially in this coronavirus time
4: you know it's completely unlinked but you know we've had discussions on here before about having uh mls cup final on a neutral site with fans versus having it hosted at individual (laughs) individual stadiums uh it does make you kind of wonder if it has a, a slightly different effect there if that were to happen and if you have that happen for say hopefully mls cup playoffs this year but we, we've kind of beaten that to death in, in past discussions.
3: Yeah, I mean, MLS, too, like, I think I'm skipping down a little bit. We can get in. It's coming back. And, I mean, we're going to have regular season games at neutral locations, right? And that's going to be very different. I mean, it's the same with the Prem. But we've had this conversation specifically about the MLS Cup being in a neutral location. But, I mean, it will make a difference. And, I mean, it's kind of not a neutral location for Orlando, right?
0: Yeah, you know, let's talk about that. I mean, so Major League Soccer, uh, you know, we talked a little bit about it uh, with Kevin earlier, but individual workouts finally were authorized for uh, for DC United this week. Obviously, we're all together again, doing the show live uh, in person as a result of the District of Columbia entering Phase One uh, yesterday, which allows the the small groups, small group gatherings again. Um San Jose is actually the only remaining team as of earlier today. I don't know if that's changed since um that was has not been permitted to return to any sort of individual training, but yesterday uh Northern Virginia also entered phase 1, and so the DC United players were able to uh resume their individual workouts at Segra Field, which is the home to uh, of course Loudoun United. Uh, and it sounds like as early as n- the beginning of next week DC United could be uh, training again at Audi Field as a result of uh, the mayor approving that and also Major League Soccer uh, I believe on Thursday approved small group training sessions to start again so uh, DC United probably plans to to start that as soon as they can Spokesman Zachary Abai said the team is hopeful of expanding to small group uh, as early as the beginning of this coming week. The full team training moratorium however does remain in effect through Monday uh, so it'll be interesting to see if potentially if that's lifted dc united could go from individual workouts friday small group workouts monday and potentially full team workouts as soon as uh, as as tuesday but guys we've been talking about this for weeks now and it seems like things are moving really really quickly now towards an imminent return to play
2: i'm i'm excited for it we talked to kevin just now and and he seemed excited for it and and i can sympathize as just a regular person whenever i work out if I have someone there rooting me on or or a competitor going up against me, it pushes me so much more. And and so it'll be great for DC United and, and for all the MLS teams to, to be back together and to push each other in these competitions and these practices man i i'm getting excited just just talking about them getting ready
3: yeah and i think there's this whole other level for these players i mean like we all play on a monday night league and i i miss that but it's not my job right i'm not like exceptionally well at playing so i don't do exceptionally well at playing soccer and you know if someone were to tell me i couldn't do my job my job has definitely changed but if someone just told me like you can't really do it for the next two months like I'd be itching to get back too so as excited as we all are and you could hear it in Kevin's voice as he talks about coming back you know I think there's just this added layer of these players want to work to earn their income you know they want to do that but also they all love the game of soccer and they're just it sounds like so excited to just be playing again
4: And that level of excitement, you heard Kevin talking about having his small group being able to work out there and do the individual level workouts, but for a team like DC United that's added so many new pieces coming into this year and really has changed up a lot of things, you want to see them out there doing those full team workouts, I'm sure that they're just chomping at the bit to get out there and get the work together to figure out how this team is going to make results happen on the field.
2: What I'm getting out of what you're saying is that Sorga playing Kevin Perez and fifa is crucial to dc united's success they they need that (laughs) level of familiarity
4: absolutely you know as we've seen from kevin's performance tonight he is a solid fifa player and you know needs to continue to playing all the other uh, players on the team make sure that they know his skills on, on fifa and then you know maybe we'll see him out in the field man
2: i i would love that i'm i'm so hyped i'm about to look up kevin paredes just i don't even think he's he's donned a number for dc united yet but uh man, I can't wait. Maybe that'll happen in, in these upcoming weeks.
4: Joshua is still here uh, pitching jerseys, just not <laughs> <laughs> Well,
0: guys, it, it, it's a good thing that we, we tend to do this show on Saturdays during the hiatus because a lot of news was breaking just this morning about what a potential turn, uh, return to play in Orlando could look like. We talked about recently the league's proposal. It sounds like just late last night, early this morning, uh, the Major League Soccer Players Association uh, sent a proposal back to the league which would be a much more, much shorter, excuse me, uh, six-week tournament in Orlando. You know, so cutting down on some of the players' concerns of spending months away from their families. Potentially only three group stage games instead of the five that the league uh, initially planned for. Um, but it sounds like, as part of this deal, um, the players' association is uh, modifying, requesting some modified terms to a CBA. Uh, but the package that they've given back to the league resolves basically the wage issue, the CBA issue, and the Orlando tournament issue. And so now the ball's back in Major League Soccer's court uh, to make a decision. And I've got to give credit because this has been a lot of breaking news today. Um, The Athletic broke it this morning. Uh, Paul Tenorio and Sam Sam, Stachel. Stachel, thank you, Joshua. Uh, And then Jeff Carlisle with ESPN adding some additional details. So, guys, it feels like we're close. It really does. I'll tell you, though, from my perspective, three group stage games – is a little bit less than I'd hoped for, but it seems like the natural compromise here might just be four.
2: You know, there's, there's tears to MLS fandom. And and I feel like as you go deeper, as, as probably many of our listeners and ourselves do, there's this drama behind the CBA every four or five years. And we get to see both sides. Like, Oh, the league owners want to do this. All the players want to do this. I feel like Christmas came early on this one. We're kind of getting to see the drama between the players association and the owners on this one. I, I think they'll they'll probably, like uh, John said this morning to me, they'll probably meet in the middle and play four games. Uh, hopefully. I'd like more soccer, but I understand the players want to get home and, and be with their families. But uh, maybe we'll see a good a bit of back and forth on that with the players.
3: I mean, coming you know off the talk of the CBA, I feel like this was one that was very fair, right? Like the owners gave natural concessions, as did the players, you know, when – I was listening to a bunch of podcasts that were breaking it down and everyone kind of came. It seemed like both sides came at the agreement with like good grace and everyone just wanted to have an agreement that was really fair for everybody, which I think – you know, going into then this pandemic is probably really, you know, really good attitude to have because now you have these additional unprecedented things that everyone's needing to manage. But because you're coming off such good conversations from the CBA, that's probably made it a little bit easier than past CBAs where it's just kind of been a mess. Well,
4: yeah, I definitely agree. I think that both sides understand that there is compromise to be made you know, and certainly they're looking at... The situation a little bit differently with different interests from who they're representing uh i did think it was interesting that the mls player association was kind of holding firm on the revenue sharing kicking in in 2023 instead of pushing it back like mls might want to uh, that seems like one of the relics of the uh negotiations that they were not prepared to give up
3: yeah and,
2: and it was encouraging to see that both sides seemed to understand that hey if we make this product better if we make mls good it, the money will follow the fans will follow and the players will follow ultimately and you know maybe hopefully that follows in this this little tournament that they're going to throw down maybe they come to the realization that hey we can we have an opportunity to display our talent I mean Carlos Vela has three goals or three months worth of goals just stored up <laughs> uh, I'm sure he's going to go berserk down Orlando if it actually happens and so does Ola Camara. So. Yeah, I, look, I said Ola was going to score 20 for the season. He might do that down on Orlando. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Doubling down
0: on, on Ola. But, you know, we one of the big things and one of the big reasons why I think the players have been trying to get this just right, in addition to, obviously, their livelihood and, and wanting to spend as much time as they can with their families, which we all do, is um, Texas just this week uh, allowed for, uh, what is it, up to 30% capacity of of fans, 25% maybe? Yeah, I
2: I saw 25%. You're not going to stop Texas football. Yeah, no, (laughs) you you can't do
0: it, right? But what will stadiums look like later this year? I mean, there's definitely, I I think, a, a keen interest to return to the markets, potentially behind closed doors at first. But, you know, following around the world, soccer leagues in Europe, in addition to the Premier League, are coming back soon. Real Madrid, near and dear to my heart, have actually decided to move all of their behind-closed-door fixtures to their uh, to Real Madrid Castilla Stadium, which is much smaller uh, because there won't be any fans. They're going to advance work on the Bernabeu. They're doing massive renovations right now, but they're actually planning to have 30 percent fans potentially as early as October and full capacity as early as January. And that's in Spain, which is one of the hardest hit countries by this. So it's just to me, it's very interesting to see where we were just a couple weeks ago of. Really no light at the end of the tunnel for sports returning, and now we're talking about everything coming back soon, and, and we're talking about fans being in the stands. It's, it, it's just moving so quickly.
4: Yeah. Well, and it's still a, a tough situation because, you know, Real may have that approach, but as we've seen with San Jose not being able to return to training yet because of you know, state regulations, you're it's going to be very hard to have a league that's on equal footing if – say 50% of the teams are ready to go back to 25% fans or what have you, and then other teams are not able to have any fans because of the situation in that individual state. You know, that's part of the thing of having a geographically diverse league, but it's a challenge they're going to have to overcome.
3: Yeah, that's a good point. You know, does MLS not allow anybody to have fans until everybody can? But obviously, as you said, you know, each city is very different. I just... I feel like at the beginning of this pandemic, there was it was like a Wednesday night when like the whole world shifted and every single thing shut down. And I, I think that coming back to, quote unquote, normal, whatever that looks like now is going to be slower. But I feel like we're a little bit in the midst of that right now with everyone. You know, it felt almost endless for the past few months. But I think, you know, news is coming out and we're really seeing like what this is going to look like. And we're really starting to feel that like things will progress and we will have sports again. We will be able to go see it again.
2: Yeah, and there's a lot to say about the the long term lasting effects of this pandemic. If you had told me two weeks ago that I would have been able to go to a restaurant this morning and, and sit six feet apart from everyone, but sit and, and watch a game. I watched the Bayern Munich game and then I took my dog to the dog park. If you told me that two weeks ago I, I wouldn't have believed you and so who knows what's gonna happen in, in two months when, you know, MLS finishes up this this tournament, maybe or, or, or what? We could I don't know. I, I'm i interested to see how the people react to that. Are people going to want to go out to stadiums? Are, are, I, I know I'll probably show up if it's done safely. For if, better or worse, probably, right, yeah. We'll be right there next year. Uh, <laughs> Tried and true, literally, <laughs> through pandemics. But uh, it's got to be done right, right? You have to make sure masks are used when you're in the stadium or something like that. Maybe, maybe I will have to buy an entire row to go see the game. I don't know. it's just gonna be i i have a feeling with like these past few weeks everything's gonna happen really fast and and we're not gonna see it coming really
3: well i think for mls it you know it might happen a little slower because i don't think they're just gonna scrap going down to orlando right so i think that that's probably gonna happen regardless but i mean how i just said it but how do you all think mls will handle each city being so vastly different keeping in mind that like mls as a whole relies on ticket sales so heavily do you think that they're going to wait until any team can like all teams have to be equal or are they going to go city by city
4: so i think mls is not in a position where it was 20 years ago where they were scrapping and clawing for every penny that they can get that said i think if you can get folks in the stadium whatever degree that is i think they're going to probably end up doing that as soon as possible i understand that there are there's a home field advantage. There's an advantage to having people in the stadium cheering you on. But at the end of the day, they have to have the product out there. And if they can get people in there paying for tickets to be in the, the stadium, they're going to do that however they can. And you know, if you want to put asterisks on it, if you want to make arguments about it, that's fine. But they're going to take advantage of whatever opportunities they get. And,
2: and you know, for once, that's the benefit of the single entity ownership in MLS. Every owner... You know, makes a profit when one team makes a profit. When Atlanta joined, DC United got a little bit more profitable. And, and you know, I, I hate to do it. Sorry, John. I'm sorry. <laughs> but uh, but so if fans aren't at one stadium, they could potentially profit share off of fans being at another stadium or, you know, this a combined TV deal with a different sort of format. They're all sharing that money. So it's not like we're in the Bundesliga where we probably haven't even seen some of the teams on TV. They're not hurting for that. They're, they're all getting a share in MLS. So I, yeah,
0: I, I don't, I don't think you guys are wrong with the profit sharing, right? And, and you're right. Everybody, everybody could gain from that. But I, I do think there's a, you know, integrity of play factor here, right? Of like the league does benefit. from John a Felipe level doesn't field. hear you. <laughs> <laughs> well, here, here's the thing, right? I mean, and, and think about some of some of the the league's more intimidating venues in the Pacific Northwest or Atlanta, right? with if you had games in Seattle and Portland that had to stay behind closed doors because of local regulations right but then they've got to play across country and of course we don't know exactly what the the schedule will look like coming back but they're playing an away game in Atlanta or they're playing an away game somewhere with insane amounts of fans versus some of their you know conference rivals potentially playing a, an away game you know just down in San Jose with no fans in the stands you know it, I think ideally the league would prefer to do something that's uniform, but you're right. It, it, it may not be possible. And, and we may have to deal with local regulations.
4: So there are two things I'd like to see if they are to go the route of having, you know, some stadiums open up or not. I would like to see a res- reservation for visiting fans if they're able to travel and it's, it's safe to do so. I think, you know, you've seen issues with that in past MLS cups and, you know, there's generally agreed upon way of how you break that down. Uh, the other thing I'd like to see potentially, if you're going to say, Hey, you know, only certain stadiums can open up, maybe you set a max that you can have per stadium and just have that across the board. Not every stadium can like Audi Field cannot fit the seventy thousand that Atlanta can. You know, Seattle Standards can fill up the entire century in the field if they want to, and they probably could coming back from this pandemic. But if you're going to cap it at a certain amount, maybe you mm-hmm. you know, cap it universally so that everyone has the same amount of fans that can fit in the stadium whether it's full or not, that's going to depend on what stadium looks like. It's really
2: funny to hear John take the stance after last week, he was citing the the study done that showed that games without fans don't make an impact on the game. It doesn't matter if you're home or way or at a neutral site. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't think if DC United were to open up, would it, would it be that much of a home field advantage for us? I, Man, I'd like to think I participated in the game in any sort of fat, m- like, you know, matter. But I, I don't know. I, I, I'm just, I'm just here for games. If games can play, be played in market, that'd be huge.
3: Well, I think you. I mean, all the guests we've had during this quarantine have said that they'd prefer to play in front of fans, right? So I think that that. I mean, statistically, it makes a difference, and like. They, they know what makes it. difference.
2: Maybe, maybe the, so, so, kind of what I was saying with, like, practicing with your teammates, you feel that pressure when you're practicing with teammates. But when you're playing in a stand with fans watching, you feel like you got to be on your game. Uh, I don't know. Maybe, you know. That might be a factor.
3: Yeah, and, I mean, I think we heard it. I think we might have talked about it um, last week, but some of the Bundesliga players were coming out, and they were like, yeah, it kind of didn't feel like soccer, which is crazy because they were playing soccer. But it was, like, weird to be quiet, and it was weird to not look up and have, you know, fans and – the stands which again I think we talked about last week but potentially MLS teams fix that by doing the cutouts in their stadiums
0: which would be awesome to see you know I we've got a bit more to talk about here guys we've got uh, return dates for some other European leagues as well as some rumors about CONCACAF qualifying so let's throw it to break and when we come back uh, we'll talk a bit about what else is coming at us? Super, super fast, <laughs> right here on Tried and True, the DC United Post Game Podcast, presented by Heineken. Tried and True, the DC United Post Game Podcast, presented by Heineken. We'll be back in less than two minutes.
2: Can't listen to us live on YouTube? Find Tried and True, the DC United Post Game Podcast, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, YouTube, or Pocket The morning after the match.
0: Tried and True, the DC United post-game podcast presented by Heineken. We'll be back in less than 90 seconds.
3: Hey, thanks for listening live. If you want to join the conversation, let us know what you think in real time using the chat on YouTube Live, on Twitter using the hashtag TriedandTrueDCU, or text us at 202-892-6328.
0: Tried and True, the DC United post-game podcast presented by Heineken will be back in less
2: than 60 seconds. Let us know what you think between games on Twitter at hashtag tried or email us at triedandtrueDCU at gmail.com.
0: Tried and True, the DC United postgame podcast presented by Heineken. We'll be back in less than
3: 30 seconds. Hey, thanks for listening. If you like what you hear, go ahead and give us a follow on social media. You can find us on Instagram or Twitter at Tried and True DCU. Again, that's Instagram or Twitter at Tried and True DCU.
0: back once again here on tried and true the dc united postgame podcast presented by heineken and we've been talking a lot about the return of the premier league return of major league soccer but you know briefly we've got to go over a couple other leagues uh that are coming back and it's going to make for some super exciting saturdays and sundays italy and spain have announced dates to come back and guys to me this is fascinating and and super super awesome because those are two of the most hard hit countries uh, in the world. And La Liga is coming back on June 11th with Real Batiste versus Sevilla as, as the first game. That's, that's less than two weeks from now and Syria in Italy coming back June 20th. So to see the, these returns, uh, you know, I, I'm just picturing Saturdays, Sundays with only one Premier League game on at a time. You, you bring in a monitor for the Spanish league, you bring in a monitor for the Italian league. I, this is gonna be we're gonna we're making the best of this guys
2: and you'll have the two best players in the world back right Messi and Ronaldo each in the Italian and Spanish leagues that's what we we need we want to see the best of the best back again and you know, Bundesliga has been fun but it's been a little bit uh subpar in some of the games it's It'll, also over at this point after the Dortmund Bayern game this week right like I frustrating but I think I think it's
0: I think it's over
4: yeah, and you you see leagues returning in Europe, and then you've got leagues on our continent like League MX, which has really not moved forward on trying to get back to play anytime soon. I think the last I saw was that they're coming back maybe in July. Yeah, they
0: killed the the current half of the season right with the the Clossera and the Apertura. I think they killed
2: and I don't the
0: Yeah, they killed one of them, and they'll be potentially starting up with the next one. But
2: yeah, it's. It's rough for the Lee and Mickey right now. They have one of their owners under investigation for organized crime. And, and I still can't understand how people think MLS will merge with them at some point. It just doesn't make sense to me. But I, I'm excited for these other leagues to come back. It, it should be a lot of soccer. And, and you know, we're all still kind of somewhat at home. So that'll be fun. Yeah and and you know in addition to
0: that the Swiss Super League comes back uh 19 June we have an FA Cup uh restart date scheduled for 27 June with a final on August 1st and, and what that would do is really clear the entire month of August if all these leagues restart on time and don't run into to any issues uh with the virus for the Champions League and the Europa League to conclude in August and then potentially um you know the the 2020, 2021 seasons starting in earnest uh, in September, just a, a couple weeks behind when they you know potentially intended to, which is nothing short of miraculous if you think about everything we've been through over the past few months.
4: And it will be interesting to see how that works out because you got the two schools of thought, right? You know, normally you get a couple months off during the summer. You've got the big international tournaments for the major players, but you've got a little bit of a lull. You've had that already with the suspension of most leagues for the last you know, two-plus months. If you come in, you finish the season up, are you able to go straight into the next season, or does it require you know, a little more of a break and then you come back in and try to get back to normalcy soon? And we'll see that across all major sports, not just soccer.
0: Yeah, it, it, one of the things that we haven't talked a whole lot about lately um, because, of course, all of our focus right now is on club soccer and and more importantly than that health and wellness you know as as the world recovers from COVID-19 but on the international stage you know we talked about how Euro 2020 is now Euro 2021 but there's rumors coming out now RPC TV in Panama and I believe that's the first time I've cited a Panamanian TV <laughs> station here so you know tried and true really trying to <laughs> go deep in
4: a twitter hole
3: you're about to see John working for the athletic yeah
0: I don't know about all that, but you Reading know, the original text
4: in Spanish, I believe.
0: I, I, yeah, that was the uh, – at first, and and it was uh, it was a bit confusing. Uh, but they're announcing that potentially the, the format for the CONCACAF World Cup qualifiers, which we affectionately know or at least formerly knew as the HEX, uh, will be slightly different this year. Obviously, all that's been impacted by coronavirus and the tournament starting late in Qatar we've talked about. But it sounds like things are going to be a bit different, potentially three groups of four based on the FIFA rankings as they lay right now, the winner of each group would qualify directly to the World Cup and then the runner-up from each of those groups would enter a playoff with the winner of a tournament that the teams below 12th place will play. Um, So, right now, uh, with four, uh, sorry, three groups of four, that would be Mexico, the U.S., and Costa Rica as the quote-unquote one seeds in each of those groups, if you will. Um, And Guatemala, unfortunately, is currently ranked 13th, so they would be the first team to not get to participate in in that version of qualifying they would have to play some sort of tournament style qualifying um with the lower ranked teams and then the opportunity to play against the second place finishers in each of the main groups to then qualify for the world cup so lots of moving parts there um what are your guys thoughts on on that obviously everybody's making contingency plans and and how might that impact the u.s's chances of qualifying
2: yeah, I I can't remember if we were even a show when the initial move to move to the power rank, FIFA power rankings came out, or maybe we were too focused on actual DC United games. But I I didn't like the move then. It, it seems like you know we're making, oh man, we're making it easy for those big teams to go through, and and that's not what the World Cup's about. It's about all the teams getting a fair shot to win the tournament. And you know this these new additions. I mean, I can't imagine the U.S. men's national team not making it out of the group if, if we were going to split all the good teams into different sections and then and go through but I mean they proved us wrong time and time again I was really excited for for the qualifiers before all this came out Canada has been a little bit of an interest I mean they had some they've had some fun players with Jonathan David and in the Belgian League and, and then Alfonso Davies who we've all been watching uh, play for Bayern now I wonder how this affects them. Maybe they're an underdog in their group, or you know, put in the US Men's National Team group. It couldn't. It could make for some fun, entertaining games.
4: So, you know, I'll caveat this by saying that moving forward, we're all expecting the World Cup to expand to I think it's 48 teams. So it's going to be easier to get in from a sheer numbers perspective moving forward. I appreciate that they still include some methods for some of the lower tier teams to make it in you know some of the best games we saw were from the island nations playing in the gold cup
2: carousel the last gold cup was crazy good and and it was out of nowhere yeah yeah Uh, so
4: i I like having those teams with the opportunity to make it in i do think that by condensing it and making it not a the multi-stage uh process that we're used to seeing that you will end up losing something there Uh, you know because last year the united states or the last cycle the united states had to go in and win a group of three to get into the hex in the first place and those results weren't guaranteed by any means so i i do mourn a little bit for the loss of what we've had particularly when it comes to playing meaningful games of the azteca i I think i observed this week to y'all offline that the i don't know when we'll play another meaningful game of the azteca because gold cups hosted in the united states you don't you don't have that away game during qualifying if you're going to always end up in different groups you might play there for an exhibition but That really takes away some of the uh, the storied history there. Yeah, I'm
2: really sad about that because I was planning my trip down there, and I I I feel like that's you know some like a pilgrimage for a U.S. soccer fan to go down there and stand in the cages and endure a game that really matters down there. It'll be interesting to see what the two federations do to try to keep that rivalry alive if they're not playing each other as much. Maybe maybe we'll see one in the 2026 World Cup. and that would be amazing.
4: But please, not another contrived trophy. We've got way too many of those in our domestic <laughs> leagues. Let's not make up another championship just between the two teams.
3: I mean, I appreciate how optimistic y'all are being, because that's usually me, but I, I just don't know how it like, we're talking about how it's going to be hard for MLS travel to happen, but when you talk about international travel, you talk about how these players – you know, I mean, a lot of our uh, players play over in Germany um, – You know, just thinking today, like, Weston McKinney was playing. um, I just think it's, as with everything in this pandemic, going to be a lot more complicated.
0: Yeah, it's it's a bummer, though, that we're potentially not going to be able to go to the Azteca, which I think we are all really looking forward to potentially making that trek down. And, uh, you know, this is great for Canada, right, who are going to be kind of on the outside looking in potentially of the Hex. Uh, You know, Charlie Davies we talked a lot about earlier today, right, is that who I'm talking Am I getting this right? I think you mean Alfonso. Alfonso. Charlie Davies <laughs> played for DC United uh, for a little bit. Charlie, yeah, Charlie Davies.
3: Late, late in the show, guys.
0: I'm confusing my Davies. <laughs> but, yeah, um, they're going to have a shot, a really good shot now to, to get in, um, which will be exciting for them. And, uh, yeah, so who – you know, looking looking here, guys, who would you want to draw in the group with with DC United? I don't know if you – are. i sorry, geez, with the U.S. <laughs> – we're gonna, have, we're gonna have to wrap the show soon here if I keep going down this road.
2: Trinidad and Tobago.
0: Oh no! First would...
2: game and, and last game.
4: Wow, <laughs> Joshua. Well, it's th- too soon. Th- that was one of the questions we had. Right? Was how they're going to assign it? Does do you seed the first seeds in each group and then you randomly draw beyond that? Do you try to do some kind of snake order so that the top ranked teams gets a advantage there? It's a little bit of an odd.
2: I'd love to see like a fantasy football draft for the each of the group federations. Like they get to pick who they play against. This is
0: Concacaf, so I could see them not seeding anyone, and the U.S. and Mexico end up in the same group, and one of them just doesn't make it, and it's a disaster. <laughs> which, in that.
4: which case, we would have a great time in the Azteca. <laughs> that's
0: true. That's true.
4: Yeah, you know, looking at this list, you've got you know Mexico, USA, Costa Rica as the top three, as you would tend to expect. Uh, you know that next tier of three or four with Jamaica, Honduras, uh, El Salvador, and Canada—all teams that can put up good numbers certainly jamaica has knocked the u.s out of uh gold cups before canada a lot of young talent i don't know if i want to see either of those teams in my group moving forward you know honduras and el salvador we've had some more success against as far as u.s national team goes so maybe lean towards that direction
2: Man, I just want you, the U.S. team in the next World Cup. That's that's all I want. Whatever teams they can beat, that's that's all I need in the group with them. I'm with you. Yeah, I'll take whatever teams the U.S. can beat to, to
0: qualify because I, I just – international soccer still, and I, I don't know. Maybe I've just gotten so into club soccer over the past few years, but – I do wonder how much of that is the fact that we missed the last World Cup, and I just really have not enjoyed international soccer since. So, yeah, getting back there, I think, would be the ultimate goal, regardless of who we play, right?
4: And I think I'm with you, Joshua. I think I would actually like to see Trinidad again, try to exercise some of those demons. That It's got to be on a (laughs) flooded pitch and everything. Oh what? no no! We need to play them in Colorado at altitude during a snowstorm. Uh, <laughs> by all means, we have the weather; let's use it. You need to pull up Jermaine
2: Jones for that game, or <laughs> I think you might be match fit still. Man, the snow game would be would be pretty fun. I'm all for it. Closing thoughts uh,
0: on on the show, guys. Before we before we call it a wrap.
3: Well, I think we'd be remiss to not talk about the other soccer that's happening in the U.S. That's being the. Um, and WSL is definitely set to return. Um, at the end of June, <laughs> they will be, um, if I'm correct, they will be all traveling to the RSL.
2: Yeah, last I heard, the there was they have to negotiate with both the in the NWSL Player Association and the USWNT Player Association, and I don't think they have the US Women's National Team Player Association in on board. But it looks like that might come back before mls it, it'd be really fun i we all have gone out to a game out there in what gaithersburg germantown <laughs> uh for the far away <laughs> for the maryland spirits. but another. they were going to move into dc so we'll cut them some slack uh i i'd love to see any sort of soccer I, I, I had fun at the game i thought it was fun to see a bunch of our our national team stars out there. I know the Washington Spirit are in a little bit of a rebuild, so it might not be great viewing them right now, but I'm all, I'm all for the soccer, any kind.
3: Yeah, so just to give a little bit of um, background on what this tournament would entail, all nine NWSL teams would indeed be traveling to um, the RSL, their academy, um, and they would be playing in the Challenge Cup, which would occur without fans, and all matches would be streamed on CBS All Access. Um, the opener and the championship game would be live on CBS um, and it looks like the tournament would basically follow an international knockout form- uh, format so each club would play four games in a preliminary round to determine seating then eight would advance to the quarterfinals where a single elimination would de- you know just determine who moves on from there and the championship is set for July 26th so pr- pretty quick turnaround if they're You know, starting June 27th, it's going to be about a month of soccer that we have to look forward to from that.
4: And it's my understanding that that may be it for the NWSL season, a slightly smaller league than something like MLS or some of the European things we followed. But they would play that tournament, and that would be pretty much a cap on the NWSL season. Um, Certainly, I don't think that's something that any of us want. We'd love to see, you know, the Washington Spirit playing back at Audi Field and trying to get games on. But if that's what they have to do to get something out of the season and still make it happen, obviously they're in a very different financial situation than some of these other leagues. Uh, you know, I wish more power to them.
3: Yeah, I think they're very pretty similar to early MLS. You know, if MLS were twenty five years ago, what that would look like.
0: Well, and it's it's super tough just coming off of the Women's World Cup last year. You're, you know, it's it's been so exciting to see the league really take off. Uh, you know, again, right, and and moving into bigger stadiums, bigger fan bases. This is devastating uh, for this to potentially be the only NWSL soccer we get this year, but it's exciting. And, and it's exciting to see that they could be the first, you know, real U.S. league back, um, which is definitely a feather in their cap. I, I
2: think my parting thought is that Kevin Paredes is good at FIFA. I'll just leave it there.
3: Joshua is still not selling over it.
2: Yeah. It's, uh, it was awesome to see
0: him showcase those skills and, um, I don't know. Maybe, uh, maybe we'll have to see the next time we'll have a losers bracket, and then whoever loses out <laughs> of Sam and I can take on Bill Hamid to see. <laughs> <laughs> you
3: know, I'm here for it. Definitely here for it.
4: Yeah. You know, again, thanks for everyone who participated in the tournament. Uh, I think everyone had a good time. It's a good chance to blow off some steam during you know some pretty crazy times. I Think we're all have an eye looking toward the future and getting real soccer players back out there and we'll be able to get back to covering that very soon
0: yes yeah, stay safe everyone out there uh we'll of course be back next week uh with it with another great show and and hopefully some definitive return dates for uh for major league soccer but enjoy the the phase one reopening here in the dmv tip your bartenders and your servers super well uh, welcoming them back and uh, but of course we'll let Bobby Wine remind you that uh, the virus is not quite gone yet as we send us off to break here so thanks for joining us tonight on an extra long edition of Tried and True, the DC United Post Game Podcast presented by Heineken The bad news is that
5: everyone is a potential victim But the good news is that everyone is a potential solution Sensitize the masses to sanitize Keep a social distance and quarantine Regularly wash your hands, keep a distance from everyone. Report anything like a simple tomb. Serious fever is a simple tomb, dry cough is a simple tomb, walkway camel is a simple tomb, itchy eyes and flu is a simple